This week's uh, Sicha, the Rebbe uh, brings out a lesson which is an often uh, taught lesson that the Rebbe would uh, emphasize uh, because of how critical it is, and that is the, uh, that personal spiritual development cannot be in place of assisting others with their development. This is not an easy um, value to implement in life uh, because of the natural self-interest that we have. And that's why the Rebbe emphasizes it so much and also because how, of how critical it is when one Jew um, ha- cares about another Jew and the difference that can make in another person's life and that that is more important than I personally developing myself to be a greater person, to be a bigger scholar, to be uh, a, a, a more, more, more spiritually developed. And um, this is a fundamental and unique uh, perspective of the Rebbe and Chabad philosophy. Uh, which is one of the things that, uh, that has uh, Chabad stand out uniquely. And the Rebbe brings this out in the story of Paro in his conversation with Moshe and Aaron, who um, were sent by God to see Paro. And, and uh, this was uh, at the outset of the Ten Plagues. When they come to meet Paro, they say, let the Jewish people um, uh, have relief from their work, their intention was, uh, ultimately it was for redemption, but it was have, to let them have relief from their work so that they can serve God. That was, that was really the intention. And uh, Paro's response, which we have to pay close attention to, because a response from Paro generally is an expression of a perspective, which is a Paro perspective. A Paro perspective, as we understand, would be a negative perspective. And so we pay attention to Moshe and Aaron's perspective, and then we also pay attention to Paro's perspective. And Paro's response is, why are you disturbing the people from their work? And he says these two words to Moshe and Aaron, go to your work. And uh, our sages, known as Chazal, the Chazal, uh, of, of um, um, they, they, they comment on these words, and they say that Paro is saying the word with that suffix means you should go to your work, referring specifically to the work of Moshe and Aaron. And so they say from this we understand that Moshe and Aaron were from the tribe of Levi. We understand that the tribe of Levi were the, was the only tribe that was not actually enslaved in Egypt. But they were permitted to, um, to continue to serve God, to serve Hashem, through the study of Torah and the observance of mitzvahs. <coughs> of course, this is pre-Torah, uh, but we already had the Torah teachings, as we know, um, even from uh, Avram already was one who was studying Torah. Um, so from the, very, from the fact that it, it, it says, and not sum. We understand that they had a unique occupation, and that occupation was the study of Torah. And in the Ramban, in Nachmanides, also comments, and he says that in general, in those days, it was a custom of all countries to have thinkers, think tanks, philosophers, people who would uh, mold and shape their society. 
And therefore, um, Paro acknowledged that the Jewish people should also have their thinkers, and therefore he permitted that there should be one tribe that can, can continue studying. And that's why the Ramban explains, he, he, again, he focuses on this language, it says, Go to your work, that, and that is the work of study and also of teaching the Jewish people. <coughs> so Paro said to them, you can learn yourselves, and you can also take some time after their hard day is at work to teach the Jewish people. But don't mix, don't mix into their life. Don't mix into their business. Let them be. What, what do you have to worry about them for? Take care of yourselves, is essentially what Paro was telling Meisha Nare. Now the Zohar, the Holy Zohar, the great mystical work, the Zohar says that Egypt at that time was the most advanced in wisdom. They were the most uh, developed intellectually from all of the countries at that time. And Paro himself was a brilliant man, the Zohar says. He was a he was a he was a big he was a real chacham a very wise man, so and 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 therefore Paro, he um, he made a reasonable argument to Moshe Aaron. He said, number one, no slave. It's known that no slave ever was ever able to escape Egypt. Egypt has very locked very closed borders, and they, a slave never was was never able to escape. So he said, number one. What are you trying to achieve? In the natural order of things, we know that no one can escape us. So you're trying to, uh, to get your, the Jewish people not to be slaves anymore? That's not happening. Number two, he said, even according to your higher form of thinking, that God, uh, that there's a God in the world, your God said you're going to be slaves in Egypt for 400 years. Now it's only 209 years. You're barely halfway through your your, your 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 divine sentence. So why are you even discussing letting the Jewish people off from their work? He said, you want to change nature? And if you believe you can change nature, you want to change the will of God? You think you can change that? You also think you can change? So what is the response of Moshe and Aaron to, 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 to Paro's actual um, um, argument to them? He's, it, 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 the, the response is that while Paro has a reasonable argument, it's a Paro argument. And that's what we have to pay close attention to. Not only is it a Paro argument, the Paro argument would actually hold up redemption for the Jewish people. Because we know that ultimately we're taught that when the Jewish people left Egypt, it would be, a, it would be a, about close to or just under a year later from, from this time, um, when they would leave Egypt, it says, they went in a hurry. They, they, they went running out of Egypt. Had they stayed, and, and, and our sages teach us that had they stayed in Egypt even a moment later, and the way they describe a moment is a, sing, a blink of an eye, that had they stayed in Egypt just, to, just a blink of an eye um, more, they would have remained stuck in Egypt. It was critical that they get out at that point. And this tells us that had Moshe and Aaron listened to the reasonable arguments of Paro and, and, and um, accepted them, that itself could have prevented the Jewish people from ever having been redeemed from Egypt. So specifically, not listening to this argument that Paro made is critical for redemption. And what is, the, what is it that Moshe and Aaron did not listen to? Two very fundamental things that a Jew always needs to know. 
One is that the Jew is not limited to the limits of reason. Reason has limits. And a Jew is not limited by the limits of reason. Paro uh, had, uh, um, uh, made a reasonable argument. No slaves ever left Egypt. You think, you think you're going to get the Jewish people, a whole nation out of Egypt? Even one of them won't be able to um, escape from Egypt. We're not limited by the limits of reason. It's reasonable. It makes sense what you're saying. And we're above that. And number two, we're also not limited by the order of the world. We're even not limited by the fact that Hashem said we're going to be slaves for 400 years. Even that can be approached and dealt with. As we in fact see that redemption was earlier than 400 years after 210 years. And this is something that, this is the Jewish perspective. So there's the Paro perspective and there's the Jewish perspective. And so therefore, Moshe and Aaron said, we specifically will mix into the business of the Jewish people because we specifically do care about every single Jew and we're taking out time from our own uh, occupation, which you're telling us to go back to, which we're not going back to because we are very concerned and we'll give up our time for our fellow Jews. So what do we learn from all of this? We learn from all of this a, uh, as the Rebbe quoted, would quote many times, he would say, Ani esnafshi hitzalti, that there's this common human perspective which says, Ani, I, esnafshi, my own self, hitzalti, I saved. You know, I'm good, I'm good. I, I have my, I have, uh, I'm making a livelihood. I have the money I need. I'm uh, taken care of. You know, I, I look after myself, which is, of course, the natural disposition of a person. If I'm good, I'm not that worried. You know, you have a problem, I wish you the best, I hope everything's going to work out for you. But for me to be bothered by your problem, that, that is already an advanced, uh, um, uh, advanced level for a human. A person may even say that um, not only am I good because I study Torah and I observe mitzvahs and I'm a good Jew and I'm developing myself to be an even better Jew, so I'm fine. But every once in a while I give a class to others as well, I teach other people as well. So, and the Rebbe is speaking directly to uh, people who are um, very, in, very involved in um, the service of God. In relation to, as, as a lesson from the story of Moshe Aaron Amparo, he's directing this lesson to people who are very involved in their spirituality, in their religiousness, um, in their own development, uh, without be, uh, being concerned much about a fellow Jew who doesn't have that opportunity, wasn't raised that way, um, whatever the circumstances may, may be. And, and I just want to add that we should all apply this lesson to our own specific circumstances of concern for another person. And we'll see how the Rebbe expands this as well. Um, a person may say, not only am I... But I even justify that I do care about other people because every once in a while I'll give a class for other people. Why is it so relevant to me um, that my fellow Jew be so dedicated to, uh, um, to, to, to God and not be so consumed in their physical pursuits? And interestingly, we find that the cities that, 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 the, that the Jewish people were building in Egypt were Pisim and Ramses. Pisim and Ramses were cities, which is well known that they were that they were built that they were they were um, environments which were not conducive for for building big buildings because they, they, there was a lot of quicksand there. So the buildings didn't have a strong foundation to stand on, so they weren't sustainable. And this represents the idea that when someone lives a physical life, 
one is also dedicating themselves to something which is doesn't have a strong foundation to stand on because a physical life anything physical is temporary is not eternal only things which are the divine which are godly are are eternal are are, are can be everlasting so when someone's engrossed in something which is temporary, like the building of Pinsley and Ramses, and what would that be? That would be someone whose life is really defined by um, a, a physical, uh, the, the depth of their life is, is physical, that they're involved in physical things. Why is that of my concern? I'm, I'm more elevated, and I dedicate myself to more divine, and more, uh, more godly things. You know, they got to take care of their, their, their own lives. This is a power perspective. That's the point that I was making. This is a power perspective that don't mix into their business. Go back to York. You be holy. You do your thing, but don't worry about them. Moshe and Aaron would not accept this from uh, Parai. And just as a, um, if we were to walk by someone's home and we would see, God forbid, that their home is on fire, would we say, um, listen, uh, the home's on fire. I wish them well. I hope that they're going to get out of the house alive. Would we say that this is divinely ordained? Obviously, this is the path God wants for them. So who am I to mix into their business? No, we know clearly that if we were exposed to the fact that someone's in a, in, in a, in a position of danger, the reason why we're exposed to that is because we have a responsibility towards them. And therefore, we'd run in, we do whatever we have to in order to save the, 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 these, the, the, the people from their, from their dangerous situation. So if this is true for someone preserving their physical life from a physical fire, how much more so would this, should this be the case when it comes to one's spiritual life, which is really their eternal life? That when someone's spiritual life is being compromised and they, they, they may not even know it, for us to go to, to, to be concerned for them and, um, and, and, and go over to them and assist them in being able to cultivate this part of their life. And the, the Rebbe quotes the Fritik Rebbe, who quoted, the Rebbe says that the Fritik Rebbe quotes the Baal Shem Tev, the founder of the Hasidic movement, um, who taught that Avas Yisrael, loving a fellow Jew, being concerned about a fellow Jew, is not only for a Jew that we know, but it's also for a Jew who may be on the other side of the world who we know, no, don't know at all. In other words, the, 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 there are no limits to the mitzvah of Avas Yisrael. We have an obligation to love every single Jew, wherever they may be, whoever they are. Whether we do know them or don't know them, it's irrelevant. We have an obligation towards every single Jew. And the Magadam Bezrich, who was the successor of the Baal Shem Tov, he, um, he said something beautiful. He said, I, Halavai, if only I was able to kiss a Sefer Torah with the same love and endearment that the Baal Shem Tov would kiss the little children that he used to teach before he, uh, he became revealed as the great mystic that he was. So the Baal Shem Tov for many years was, uh, um, w- w- was sort of uh, um, unknown. He did not reveal his greatness. And he would spend his time teaching little, ch- little children. And he would show them tremendous love and tremendous endearment. And, and, and the Magad Rishi expressed, if only I'd be able to kiss the Torah with the same love and endearment that the Baal Shem Tov would kiss these children. And then he said something else, which is even more astounding. He said that if the Baal Shem Tov would have known the effect that his love and endearment had on those children, the way he knows that now, because surely the Baal Shem Tov knew the great effect that it was having on the children. However, now that the Baal Shem Tov has passed away and he lives in the world of truth, his neshama is in the world of truth, where one can understand things on a much deeper level than when we're in this world in the body, when the soul is in the body. So now he can, he can see the effect of his love and dear to the children in an even greater way, that it, was, that it had an even greater impact than he even realized 
in this world, then, then his love and endearment to, to them would have been much, much greater. So, and, and, and the reason why we say, you should love your fellow as yourself, is to teach us that just as I love myself, that you know, even with all of the faults I know about myself, but I overlook them and I can still uh, function as a very vibrant person because I love myself so much that the faults don't get in the way of me embracing myself. That is the extent to which we're supposed to love another person, which means that if I'm, that, um, if I'm going to, to go, that I'm going, going to go to my work of spiritual service of God and, and, and elevating my perspective in life from a physical one to a more spiritual one to a more godly one, then surely I have to be concerned about my fellow Jew and love them uh, enough to give them the opportunity and assist them in having the ability to develop their lives to be less, um, less physically oriented and, and more divinely oriented. And we know, as the Talmud teaches us, that Hashem, um, Almighty God, does not ask of someone something that is beyond their ability to do. That means that I have what I need in order to be able to influence another Jew. And I cannot put this off even for a week. I cannot even put this off for a day. I cannot even put this off like the blink of an eye. Because if I put this off even for like a blink of an eye, that can cause, God forbid, um, that can affect, God forbid, redemption. As we mentioned earlier, that had the, had the Jews waited even the blink of an eye more, they would not have been redeemed. That's how critical this is. That's how critical the Rebbe saw this to be. For every one of us um, to be concerned and, ki- and care to this extent and love, um, love a fellow Jew this much to be able to offer them, of course, always in the appropriate manner, in the manner that's conducive and in the manner in which the other person can hear it um, and receive it and benefit from it, the value of living a divine-oriented life and not a self-oriented life. And so the lesson the Rebbe, the Rebbe concludes is that this is a lesson to anyone who is, whose life is involved in the study of Torah. There are certain individuals um, whose lives are, they, they, their entire life is, is, is involved in the study of Torah. And then you have also people who are not yet married. They're still in yeshiva. They're still studying in yeshiva. He says to both of these groups of people, um, um, need to always remember that I cannot just think about myself. I must think about others as well. And of course, we can, we can expand this message. Um, the Rebbe was trying to make a point to certain individuals. But this, of course, is true to every single one of us, as the Rebbe was saying many times, that when someone knows an aleph, they should teach an aleph. That whatever spiritual uh, or, or level we have, uh, we have learned for ourselves, we should share that. Obviously, if we embrace it, we value it. And if we value it, then we know it's important, and we should share that with our, with our fellow Jew. And this is, will especially uh, be true when we know that the Jewish people are koima achas shlema, that we are a single edifice, we are a single organism, that there isn't a me and you, and I care about myself, you care about yourself. You and me are really part of one entity, we're part of one organism. And therefore there is no real you and me at the core of who we are. And as the uh, verse says towards the end of the Torah, there's a Parshas Nitzav, one of the last Torah portions in the Torah. It says, Atm Nitzav Mayim Kolchem. You're all standing here together today. Moshe was speaking to the Jewish people and saying this. Roshechem, the heads of the Jewish people. And it lists off ten categories of people until it says, um, The woodchoppers and the water carriers. That, <coughs> that um, the, the Rebbe says that 
that the Rosh, the reason why I list the Rashechem, the heads first, is because the heads have a responsibility to ensure that the woodchoppers and the water carriers are those who are perhaps of a lower um, um, awareness of the divine, that the leaders are the ones who have carry responsibility for them. And as we see in an army, that in an army, if one of the uh, one of these uh, basic soldiers, a private, one of his buttons are not polished as they should be, then who is going to be called out? Who carries primary responsibility for that? The one who carries primary responsibility is not the soldier himself; it's his commander. How does his commander have soldiers who are not who are not preparing, uh, presenting themselves properly? And so, likewise, one who knows more has a greater responsibility for the ones who ones who know less. And someone saying that I'm busy with myself is absolutely no excuse. And through us taking on this approach. We will create ourselves to be one entity, in not only in, in our root, but also in manifestation of reality will show up as one, rea- as one entity. To fulfill God's will uh, with a complete heart. And through that, we will experience Hashem Echad that God will be one and His name will be one because through that, we're actually going to create a unification of the divine with this world through creating also a unity amongst the Jewish people, fulfilling the ultimate purpose of the creation of the world. So it is critical in the development of every single one of ourselves that we always ask ourselves, not only what am I doing for my own spiritual development, but what am I also doing for the spiritual development of the fellow Jews, my fellow Jews around me?